Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio, episode 129, our AEW All Out Review. I'm here with B-Dubs, my beautiful wife, Carol, my lovely sister-in-law, Riley, and of course, my little brother, Micah. You did it! You did it without even asking! Thank you! See, if you would have asked me, I would have done it. Uh, I had to get it out before you asked. Okay. Okay. We we uh, We gotta get a t-shirt made now, now that you said it. Let's do it. Let's do it. If you buy it for me, I'll wear it. Hmm. We'll think about that. We'll think about that. <laughs> the, the, the four of us went to All Out. We were there live. We saw all the happenings, including the crazy Matt Hardy bump, which was different than what was on the pay-per-view, or at least our experience of it was different. Um, and some other things were a little bit different, too. And I think that uh, the fact that we were there might give us a unique outlook on it. There were only about what, 700 fans there this time, I think? Yeah, I think they said they had 15% capacity, so it should be around 750, somewhere around yeah. there. So it it was really interesting. We met some cool people, and we had a what I think is a really good time, right? Yeah, yeah, we really yeah. enjoyed it, even though it was a million degrees. It was so hot. So hot. So hot. And let's address that first. Some people online were like, man, the crowd, they're, they're really dying out. Well, let me tell you uh-huh. that we were sitting outside for four hours... In 90, what was it, 97? No, let me tell you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we were sitting outside for four or five hours. It was 90, it was about, it was over 90. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. 97 degrees. It was 70% humidity. And we were all wearing masks. And people get tired, okay? So while you're sitting on your couch in your 68 degree house eating your popcorn, <laughs> I'm not eating popcorn because I got a mask on, and you're complaining because I'm done. That's crap. Absolutely with your crap. with your free water that Daly's Place is charging six dollars per six, bottle for six dollars dollars, and we can't use water fountains because and I COVID. Mean, and I mean, yeah, we chose to do that, but come on, people, have <laughs> some slack. I think it's the most <laughs> I've ever spent on life sustaining liquid. Six dollars for water is a lot of money. So, anyways, don't give the live audience a hard time. Yeah. It was hot. Yeah, it was very hot. It was. So I didn't think we died. I thought we did pretty good. I think we did very good. You've also got to consider 750 people outdoors spread yeah. across a 5,000 seat amphitheater. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. it's kind of hard to get a cohesive thing going. Yes, yeah. it's really hard. Like we people would be chanting below us, and we couldn't really hear them until like the last minute. And then we start chanting, and then everything's over with. It's like okay, yeah. well, we and it's hard that to tell one. what they're chanting, right? Yeah. It's like, I don't know if I want to be involved in this quite yet. Let's see what the <laughs> I'll wait to see what happens. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. That's terrific. So, uh, as everyone knows, uh, Britt Baker and Big Swole were moved to the main card. So we had a preview, or a buy-in show, with two new unannounced matches on them. Yeah. Uh, and match number one was Joey Janela with Sunny Kiss versus Sir Pentico. The British Sir Knight Identica. Snake Man uh, with Luther, Micah's favorite wrestler. Uh, on the least favorite wrestler, actually, right there on the bottom, right there. Like, imagine Seth Rollins. <laughs> Seth yeah. Rollins versus Luther. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Uh, yeah, so Serpentico versus Joe Janela with uh, Luther and Sonny Kiss on the outside. Uh, and this match, I found it surprisingly good. Micah, what did you think of this? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good match. I actually really enjoy Serpentico. Yeah, uh, I'm, do. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of him on Dynamite, but his uh, dark stuff has been really good. Yeah, 
even though he is tagged with Luther half the time. Yeah, which is a strange pairing. I don't really know why. It's a very WWE tag team thing. It's like, we got two guys, we don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Stick them in a tag team. Yeah. So, I I don't know. But, yeah, this match was really good. So, Pentico had quite quite a bit of offense. It's solid. Joey Janela got the win, as he should have. Yeah, I feel like they're kind of also giving that win back since he got squashed by Jericho. Yeah, he got absolutely mauled. So. So, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then we had Dark Order, three and four, which is Silver and Reynolds versus Private Party. And this match was amazing. It was very it good. It was significantly better than I was expecting on a pre-show match. My only qualm is in the world of kayfabe, Private Party lost their eight-man tag, so they did not get a uh, match on the show, but they got one on the pre-show. But, you know, close, close enough, I guess. Yeah, i tell you what, the Beaver Boys will surprise you. They were yeah. absolutely outstanding. Very they were so, so good. Yes. Yes, I would actually like to see more of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they are the stars of BTE right now. So Yeah, and um, just for all of you guys out there, John Silver is 29 years old. He is not yes. a child. Um, so just get that right. Even if he looks references. like one. Even he if he looks like, like one, he's 29. Yeah. John Silver, who thinks Wardlow looks, you know, pretty in the mouth area. <laughs> <laughs> Likes to watch him leave, you know what I'm saying? It was it was great. This match was absolutely terrific. Uh, and in these first two matches, we did not guess because we didn't know who was going to be on there. Yeah. Uh, so let's move straight into the show. We'll do. Uh, we'll have to wait. This day, we'll, this day in wrestling history, we'll have to wait. Uh, and also, there will be no WWE review show this week. This will be our weekly review show. We'll be back to our normal weekly review next week. Uh, but before we get into All Out, I do want to you say... Maybe. yeah, I'll be right. back to my normal AEW review. I, I do want to point out the retribution thing that happened on Raw, for any of you missed it. Uh, it was terrible. There's a one and a half minute video on YouTube. Go watch it. It is miserable. Uh, Britt Baker and Big Swole in a tooth and nail match. Now, B-Dubs, I'm going to let you talk about this. Uh, and I want you to go ahead and, and tell us who who won or, or who predicted the winners in this match. Uh, who won this match? Well, I don't want to say, but who... You want me who, to talk about... I want you to the, tell me... Fine. Matt, Micah, and Riley picked Britt Baker. I picked Big Swole. You did. Okay. So, this match was originally supposed to be on the pre-show. Uh, everyone freaked out and said, how dare you put a women's match on the pre-show because equality, I guess. Uh, and let me tell you, those people were wrong. This match was hot garbage. It was really bad. It was trash. It yeah, was trash. trash. When we watched it live, you were like, that was okay. Then we watched it again, you are like, oh, this is bad. And I was like, see? Yes. Yeah, it's, it, was, it wasn't good. It was We watched good. it on the big screen uh, in Daly's Place, Yeah, and it was not great. It Terrible was... way to start the show, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Should have been so, on the pre-show. B-Dubs, why don't you tell us, uh, why don't you tell us what you thought about this match? Uh, there were needles, <laughs> and then I stopped watching. So you'll have to tell us what happened after yeah. that because I passed out. There yeah, were needles, so... and that's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, Rebel is a terrible actress, and she's not a very good wrestler. Uh, now I I usually like her, okay, so I'm not knocking her, but in this sure? she was. Exceptionally <laughs> it sounded like a bad. knock to me. Yeah, she was exceptionally bad in this, yeah. uh, and yeah. I understand the reason they did this is because Britt Baker is not at 100, percent but it, it, this was just wasn't good. And I believe, I don't remember who I saw, but I read that, you know, because AEW and not WWE, that this definitely won't be like a swamp fight. This is going to be something more like the Stadium Stampede. And they were very incorrect. Uh, this whole thing was just a mess. Nothing happened. 
And uh, Big Swole won by putting the the mass thing, the, the gas mass thing, over Britt Baker. It doesn't knock you out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and also, I don't think they just keep that stuff on tap. No, like, they don't. Yeah, but okay. Suspension of disbelief. Also, they had no idea what they were wanting to do with this. They were trying to yeah. do comedy. At the beginning, they're trying to make like horror aspect. Yes. I just completely left that. They didn't, it was it was all over the place. I uh, I thought it was bad. Also, yeah. Yeah, wait, we haven't re- did we reveal the winner yet? Uh, yes, we said Big Swole did win. That was also trash. Yeah, because okay. <laughs> I love Big Swole, but I just didn't agree with that. Especially with the like Big Swole should have beaten Britt Baker in a dentist office. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. like it didn't yeah. make any sense in her own. And how would she know how to, what to do with a mask? Yeah. Like, she's not a dentist. She doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Baker is though. a dentist, in case you yeah. guys didn't know that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I assume they had Britt lose only because she's not going to be back for quite a while to 100%. Yeah. Maybe it's a longer longer recovery time than she thought originally. Yeah. So, uh, that means Carol is the only one. That's right. Y'all all sour because she to, lost. To, <laughs> yeah. to get the point for that one. I'm pretty sure that's the only one I won tonight. So, I'm going to bask in that for a minute. Uh, Lucha Brothers, Lucha Brothers. Oh my God! The Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks. Half of those words were right. <laughs> <laughs> the Jurassic Brothers, Luchasaurus is. Uh, so Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus Matt and Nick Jackson. Uh, this match was absolutely incredible. One hundred percent. Jungle Boy is never given enough credit. Luchasaurus is because he's huge and he does small guy things in a big old package. Uh, the Young Bucks are two of the best wrestlers in the world. But Jungle Boy is just so exceptional. This match was fire. Uh, Riley, as as our uh, as a resident Young Bucks fan, our elite fan, what did you think of this? Okay, I absolutely love this match. Um, like you said, Jungle Boy is absolutely amazing. Um, yes, he's so good in the ring. And I just want to point out the ending of the match because this is what caught my attention. I think the most well. Okay, first of all, Hill Bucks, I'm on board with it. Yep. I mean, kicking uh, Marco's crutch out from underneath him <laughs> <laughs> and then super kicking him flawlessly in the face, that was so awesome to see. Great. Sorry, Marco. I really I really um, like your character and everything. But anyways, um, the last part where they were just trying to pin Jungle Boy and they could not with, like, each move and uh, Matt would tag out to Nick and then Nick would tag out to Matt and then Matt would tag out to Nick, you know, just trying to put him down. And then finally they were able to get the one, two, three um, with the BTE trigger. Yep. Right. They used, I think that's what it was. Yeah. 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 It failed one time and then they used to be and then Nick, to end it. And uh, Luchasaurus tried to slide in the ring, but Nick held him back. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the whole match was great. And I love this storytelling. I mean, the young bucks are just great at storytelling. Like they, right. they all are. And um, it's not a general consensus among people either. When the AEW formed, everybody said the Young Bucks don't know how to tell a story. They're just spot monkeys. That was yeah. the idea between behind the Young Bucks. They're so good though. Like this whole match just made me so happy, and it made me really look forward to the rest of the pay per view. Right. Yeah. This should have been the opener. I think. Yeah. Uh, and, and technically, it kind of was. Like I don't really count that video we watched as an opener. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a really good match. Um, I've always been a big fan of Luchasaurus since he debuted in AEW. Yeah. But 
here lately, he hasn't been on his A game, in my opinion, or maybe they haven't been using him in the right way. Right. Uh, his, his his moves came off a little bit slow. Uh, he hasn't really been impressing me, but in this match, he really impressed me. Right. He had a – man, I don't even know what you call it, but he cho- – so Nick was trying to do a springboard, and Luchasaurus chokeslammed him from the springboard great. in like a corkscrew chokeslam-looking thing. Yep. It was crazy. Yeah. It was awesome. He had that move when he ducked the double super kick, kipped up, turned around, and kicked both of them. It was great. Uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this match. I'm glad to see uh, Marco Stunt get kicked. I love Marco Stunt, but, you know, he's just an annoying little critter outside, and it's fun to see him get beat up on every once in a while. Um, And I'm pretty sure Nick hit a Canadian Destroyer on Luchasaurus. I think he did. Yeah, because um, that's referencing BTE uh luchasaurus for all of you out there who don't watch bte he is afraid to do a canadian destroyer because it reminds him of his ex who lives in canada or is canadian or something so he doesn't yeah i was about to say it's bret hart's mom he's teasing to be his his ex-girlfriend um also there was a spot where um jungle boy takes i guess i don't know if it was matt or nick but they try and super kick him he grabs his foot and then throws it at um, Matt or Nick, the opposite brother, yeah. and then hits him in the face. And that was really cool, too. Yeah, yeah that was it was cool. really great. And they didn't even get mad at each other like some other tag teams when they accidentally hit each other. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, they do it to each other all the time. It it, it was just the whole match is exceptional. Uh, Young Bucks won. Who predicted what, Kiri? Uh, that makes Riley our winner. Riley's the Woo! only one to pick Young Bucks. Yep. Good. Interesting right. to see where it goes. It it, yeah. it does change my opinion a little bit knowing that full gear is so soon in the future. Right. But uh I I really didn't expect them to give us I, I mean they may not give us FTR versus Young Bucks in full gear, but and we'll we'll see. I don't think it'll be that soon. I really don't. Yeah. Uh twenty one man casino battle royale. Uh for those of you who don't know how this works, uh there are four sets of five people that came in and then there's one wild card. Uh, this these entrances were significantly better because everyone got their own entrance. For example, yeah. uh, the first five were Trent, Christopher Daniels, Jake Hager, Blade, and Ray Phoenix, and they all came in individually. But so did all the others. So when the next set of five came in, they all got their own music. Uh, it was very Royal Rumble esque and was way cooler than five Jokers just like coming down the ring together and they all hate each other and they're not gonna fight until they get into the ring. Like th- this was way better. Yeah. Way better. Very much improved on the original design. Correct. Uh, a couple spots to point out in this match is, is one spot where uh, Brian Cage takes Darby Allen, puts him in a body bag, pours thumbtacks on top of him, closes the body bag, and power bombs him outside of the ring. I don't like that. <clears throat> nope. No. Nope. No. I'm not sure how long Darby Allen wants to live, uh, mm. but I would like him to live longer than, I don't know, a few more days. So please don't do that. And and then Ricky Starks like un like unzips the body bag and grabs him around the head. Like that was not a good fall. Please don't do that. Let's not do that. This isn't ECW and I don't want it to be. Uh and we're gonna talk more about that here in a minute with uh with Matt Hardy. Uh so your first twenty are Trent Christopher Daniels, Jake Hager, the Blade, Ray Phoenix, uh Kazarian, Will Hobbs, Chuck Taylor, Santana and Ortiz, Billy, Penta, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, Darby Allen. Sean Spears, which was great. He went over and got on commentary for a little bit. Uh, Eddie Kingston, who got a huge pop. The Butcher, Sonny Kiss, and Lance Archer. And your Joker was Matt Seidel, also known as Evan Bourne. Now, he released 
on Twitter. I'm sure you guys have seen this by now. Uh, he released on Twitter. This was the first and only time he has ever botched his finisher. Oh, so oh, sad. Man. The first time ever. He's been doing it for like 15 years. So he comes in the ring, gets in Lance Archer's face, punches him, knocks him out, uh, goes and gets up top and goes for the shooting star press, which may be the most beautiful shooting star press you will ever see, except this one. Uh, the corner was too wet. Freaking humidity. Almost died. Yes. Almost died. Uh, luckily, he was able to, you know, not die. He did definitely fall on his neck, but he was able to finish the match. Uh, poor, poor Matt Seidel. I will say again, uh, so you, you announced Will Hobbs in the match. Pro move by Will Hobbs going over to check on Matt Seidel. I think he was the first one over there. Absolutely. For yeah. someone that's such uh, an enhancement talent, as they would call him. Yeah. Uh, that, that was really, really pro move. And I really hope we see more of him on the main roster. He did great this match. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah, picked really two here, Carrie? Uh, you you picked Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. I picked Brian Cage, Micah, and Riley picked Eddie Kingston. Okay. Uh, yeah. It came down to it. It did. It so really did. Eddie Kingston, the Butcher, and uh, Lance Archer were the last. I think Brian Cage was number four, if I remember right. Uh, we all knew the Butcher was going to win, but uh, the Eddie Kingston is the last one eliminated, but technically he wasn't mm. so we'll see if that moves into a storyline but uh for the night he was uh, eliminated lance archer is your winner and he will go on to face the winner of mjf and john moxley now let me tell you why i don't like these kind of things and i mentioned it in our last show and our preview show the winner of this spoils the world championship match because you can tell by who wins this who's going to win the world title do you think that mjf is going to beat John Moxley, and we're going to have Lance Archer versus MGF. No, we're not. So that is my complaint here. I would have rather had seen that on Dynamite, but whatever. The match was really fun, and I liked it. Yeah, I agree. This was, honestly, this may have been my favorite match of the night, just for how many people we got to see, people I've never seen before. Yeah, that was really enjoyable. I really liked the way they handled it this time. And, uh, yeah, I think, honestly, Eddie Kingston probably got the biggest pop of the night other than the he actual sure main event guys. Yeah. Um, I think Kenny probably got the biggest pop of the night, either Kenny or Moxley. Yeah. Uh, hard to tell. but or if, Jericho. Jericho, yeah. yeah. I mean, singing Judas, that's that's the pop. But, uh, yeah, as far as, like, the mid-card guys, I think Eddie Kingston had the biggest pop of the night. Oh, yeah, yeah. and everybody was chanting his name. It was great. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think fans are probably just glad to be able to chant Eddie, Eddie again. I know. Yeah. I was literally, as I was chanting Eddie, I literally thought, I didn't think I could ever do this again. Yeah. It made me happy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Lance Archer wins your world championship your world championship opportunity match. How about that? Uh, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. <laughs> now, we got a lot to so, talk um, about here. Yeah. Carol, do you um, have your soapbox ready? Yes. I think we all do. <clears throat> so who picked who to win here? All right. Um, uh, oh, um, we have all Matt Hardys except me. You picked Sammy? I did. Did anybody oh, pick the heart. concrete floor? <laughs> yeah, Jeez, but nobody... I say nobody won. Yeah, nobody picked the concrete nobody floor. Nobody won this match. The audience nobody didn't win. The won. fans at home didn't win. Yeah, legit. Yeah. Matt Hardy didn't really win. I think nope. the fans at home had a much better time, maybe, yeah. than well, we did. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, and the thing that you have to know is watching it live and watching on TV, two very different experiences. Mm-hmm. Us sitting yes. there live and what you saw 
on television, very different experience. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you don't know what happened, uh, Matt Hardy got speared off of what's that thing called? Cherry picker. Is yeah. It? So it's like a it's like a yeah it's a lift. Yeah, uh, got yeah. speared on a two tables. The tables were not set up properly. Uh, he hit his head directly on the concrete floor. It's probably a seven or eight foot drop, uh, and was knocked totally unconscious. The match started out fun enough. Uh, Matt was looking for Sammy. Sammy comes around on a golf cart. Matt runs away. Sammy smashes into the wall because he's not quite as good a driver as Matt is. Uh, they fight onto the thing. Matt tries to. And this is all taking place out, like yeah. It starts at the field, so not not where we are, not Correct. in Daly's yeah, place. Yes, out. It's it's it is in Daly's place. Well, it is in Daly's place, but it's not on. Yes, on the first. Course. It's not in front of us. We're right. watching it on the screen, just like that. you are. And right. we're wondering if this is actually live or. Yeah, and we're like, is this live? We don't actually, know. Yeah. We're pre-taped, man. Yeah, yeah. We thought that it was. It was not. Uh, Matt Hardy attempted to go for the side effect off of the cherry picker thing. Uh, to get reversed by Sammy, who speared him. Uh, so after Matt Hardy is unconscious on the table, for forty-four you have, seconds. Yes, for yeah. Uh, you have Aubrey. She grabs his hand as referees do to make sure that he is alive. He does not respond. Um, she does that for a few seconds, then she throws up the X as Sammy is being an actual pro Absolutely. and is taking off his jacket, burning time, taking off his shirt. Uh, and after some time, I'm assuming he probably saw Matt start to stir, and he yelled at Aubrey and said, what are you doing? Why aren't you counting? Well, she starts to count, and then Matt starts to get up. Matt's face at this point is purple yeah, because of all the red that is rushed to his head. Uh, Sammy picks him up so he can make the 10 count and is attempt there, you know, throwing these really weak punches Sammy is trying to help Matt, but Matt is falling over. Yeah. He's so out of it. His legs weren't working. He couldn't. Yeah. Sammy is carrying yeah, him at literally. this point to keep his him on his feet. Legs. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. were doing nothing. And as you're watching that on the screen, we are sitting in the audience and we see the doc and another guy mm-hmm. come running out of a side door and running to the back. So yep. we're like, oh, this is really happening right now. Yep. Uh, so, and so they take off. Yeah. And so they go to check on him. Um, Aubrey calls for the bell as the referees grab Sammy. And he says, no, this ain't over. I just got started. We're not, we're, this is not over. And uh, Doc Sampson's checking on Matt. Uh, Matt, look, his, his eyes are glazed over. He looks totally out of it. And he's still yelling at Sammy because he's a pro and he's on autopilot. Uh, Sammy gets dragged off. Then after a few seconds, he gets up. And says, Sammy, where are you? I'm not through with you. Uh, and this is where the screen cuts off. Now, you, those of you watching at home saw JR, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur say, well, you know, that's very disappointing. We know that we said there must be a winner, but, you know, a man's health always comes first. They say that for about 60 seconds. Justin Robert gets in the ring, getting uh, prepared to call. I think Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida came next. And during that time, we're just sitting. We're, just, we're not. Getting, yeah, we have no idea what's going on. We don't hear promises. We're just sitting, watching, going, "Okay, is what's happening? Is yeah. is everybody okay? What's going on?" Um, yeah, because the last thing we see is Aubrey and the Doc holding him up. Yeah, you know, like keeping him on his feet. Yeah, totally I'll out be, of it. I'll be honest with you. My thought process, man, what an actor. Yeah, right. I'll be honest with you. Like watching it on the screen, it doesn't. I, you don't catch as much you don't see as, as you did live, yeah. As you do yeah. when you're watching it on TV. You don't see him turn purple. Yep. Uh, I didn't even see him stumble around that much. I guess because yep. I was paying a lot of attention to the audience and the surroundings. So I was expecting other things to happen. 
Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, what a work. All right, he's going to get a concussion. They've been working this whole concussion thing lately with him and the broken personalities. He's going to get a concussion. And before the show, we noticed there's like a cameraman on top of the building. And they've got like stuff set up up there. We're like, okay, he's going to appear up there. This is pre-recorded. He's going to appear up there as Broken Matt. This is going to be really cool. And then like Justin Roberts comes in the ring. And you're like, okay, he's going to announce blah, blah, blah. And then Dust Roberts like, walks into the ring and then walks right out and like, mm, something's, something's yeah. wrong. <laughs> something's wrong there. And then he like steps out of the ring and he's like, okay, folks, we just got word. And this is minutes later. Yeah. yeah. We just got a word from, from the back that the match must continue. There yep. must be a winner. And I'm like, what? I'm vis- visibly confused at this point. I'm like, hold yeah. on. No. Like, yeah, but we were talking and we're like, there's no way Matt doesn't have a concussion, right? Like, he slammed his head down on the concrete. Uh, I was legitimately, like, afraid for him because yeah. this is not an easy yeah. fall. Yeah. So, this is uh, brain bleed kind of fall. Exactly. Yeah. So, Sammy comes out there first and he's, like, fighting off the refs. Uh, then Matt Hardy comes. They throw a couple worked punches. Uh, Matt Hardy pretty much just controls Sammy and they immediately go and climb up on the scaffolding. Uh, Sammy is taking no damage this entire match. Matt punches him once. Sammy falls, gets counted out to 10. Uh, This was probably going to be an absolutely stellar match uh, with the cool callbacks to the forklift thing uh, and the the, uh, golf cart. But the reality is, obviously nothing really happened. Yeah. Now. Well, something happened. Yeah. Right. I do want to say... As a huge AEW fan, as an absolute AEW mark, I'm not. I know a lot of people have said that continuing the match is irresponsible, but that's not what I want to. What I want to talk about. This spot was irresponsible to put Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara in a spot like that was irresponsible. We saw under the table there was nothing under the table. If there was, we wildly missed it. Because we could see the table below where we were sitting. Because there was like, there's an open, like where you, uh, like a glass floor kind of yes. thing. You can see the table, nothing under it. So even if they would have went through the table, it would have been a miserable spot. Again, this is not ECW. I absolutely love high spots. Matter of fact, that's part of the reason I love wrestling. I love it when two guys go out there and absolutely try to murder each other. But this is still a show. And that is an irresponsible, ridiculously poor decision by Tony Khan and whoever else had any say in this. Yes, I know Matt Hardy had to accept it. He has done things as crazy before. But the reality is. Yeah, it may have been his idea. But the reality is, he is a 46 ish year old man that does not need to go and take a bump from six to eight feet in the air. Onto concrete, through a he's table. Yeah, he's not a thirty-pound Darby Allen either. Exactly. So what they could do is they could have set up a crash pad, filmed it, you know, from below, from the floor, so they couldn't see this crash pad like NXT has done in the past. But seriously, guys, that was an irresponsible decision, and I, even if it's successful, I don't want to see it again. The Darby Allen thing, which looked cool live, yeah. But it was irresponsible. Yeah. We don't want to see that. We don't want to see someone put their life, not their career, put their life on the line for this. Please stop that. And you've got to think, too. 
All right, so Sammy fell off the scaffolding at the end into an obvious crash pad, right? Right. If not, he would have died. Okay. The same feeling goes with that table. It doesn't right. matter if it's obvious. It's still awesome. Right. An inch of foam padding under that table could have been yeah. the difference between Matt getting knocked out and Matt having a headache. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't have taken much. You could have had an, an inch of foam padding, the same color as the concrete. Nobody would have noticed. Yeah. If they did, so what? I mean, look back at the edge spot from WrestleMania. Edge, Edge was like, I'm not jumping off of anything. He jumped off of that ladder onto the table, right? Right. It clearly the safest manner possible. They filmed it from low. There was a crash pad underneath. Yeah. Totally fine. Still a cool spot to see Edge do, right? It, we, it's, it's unnecessary. Right. It, it doesn't add anything. It was just... And even if they had a third table there to cushion the blow, yeah. What what? How much cushion is a wooden table breaking, really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you and you've addressed that part, so I will go ahead and address completing the match. This match should have stopped when Aubrey did the X. That was it. It should have been over. And. I don't care. I don't care what the what the outcome of that is. So if you have to have Tony Khan walk out in front of everybody and say, we're sorry, we can't finish this match. We've had a shoot injury and we have to take care of our people so they can appear before you in the future. So this match is postponed until we can have it again at a later date. You get a lot more respect from me personally. I don't know how yeah. everybody else feels, but I have a lot more respect for that. We should not have seen Matt Hardy with a possible concussion climbing scaffolding climbing scaffolding yeah. by himself okay and having to climb down by himself he looked totally out of it he yeah. slipped I, once or twice sammy yeah. was sammy was a pro sammy was was you know taking care of things i think as best as he could but after he's off he's fallen right he can't do anything yeah nobody's up there with him this was very irresponsible i would have much preferred to have them say sorry folks this match is canceled. We just we just can't. Oh oh, unexpected. You can work that in to yeah. a story. Just work it in and change the story. You can do that. Yeah, would have preferred that. Yeah, best best possible scenario with this. They should have just counted Matt out and yeah. then worked their way around the stipulation. Yeah, yeah. work yeah. around it. Yeah. Unfortunately, and, Matt started getting up. Yeah, right? I think Aubrey was going to count him out. Yeah, I think Aubrey yeah. was, and I think that that was the whole idea behind Sammy saying start counting. Like, yeah, he's yep. down. And yeah. also, this put, and I'm also an AEW mark, because it's like the thing that's brought me to love and enjoy wrestling. Um, this put kind of a bad taste in my mouth, and it took a long time for me to even come back to this, like, um, joyous feeling, like watching these other matches yeah. because of... Yeah. The fact, if they would have canceled it, like, right then, whenever she threw up the X, I think it would have been better if somebody came out and explained it to us. But we were all confused. Like, the screen went blank. Like, just it said all out, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And yeah, then did. we didn't get the whole luxury of having the commentary either. We didn't hear any of that. We were just sitting there like, okay, what the heck is happening? And um, it was really scary when Matt started climbing that that scaffolding i was like what the heck why is he doing that right. and it just put a really bad taste in my mouth um for a few matches after that so. yeah i think yeah. i even said like rather than this video and I was like, there's no way they're letting him climb that with a concussion right 
which we should say, they scanned him. He didn't actually have a concussion. Right. There's no way they possibly could have known that. No. Yeah. Even yeah. if he didn't have a concussion, he was definitely knocked unconscious. He literally, yes, right. exactly. Yeah. His arms were noodles. Come on, people. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. And again, none of us are doctors, and we're not saying we are. But it just, after watching wrestling and sports my entire life, it just seems to be so super obvious that he should have been taken to the back immediately. But I think the reality is, and I know I told the three of you this, it's a very old school mentality that you go out there and you finish that match. It doesn't matter what happens in the ring. You have to finish the match. Matt Hardy's an old school guy. He's been wrestling for 25-ish, 30-ish years. And he probably told Doc Sampson, you can say whatever you want. I'm going out there. So I think that's probably the reality. I'm not saying that it was the right decision. I'm just telling you guys what probably happened. Yeah. So I think you can definitely see that. I mean, you've got Matt, a guy that's been ECW champion, the guy who's known for hardcore matches. Yeah. He doesn't want to be made a wimp in his own eyes. But I right. feel like you really have to get away from the show must go, must go on mentality. Yeah. And basically live to fight another day. Especially right. yeah. if you've got kids, man. Yeah. He's got three of them, I think, now. I mean, I don't even want to really get into it, but his wife's reaction, I mean, yeah, while she did go overboard, she basically thought she'd watched her husband die on TV. Yeah, right. I would have been absolutely so. terrified, but I wouldn't have posted it on Twitter. I probably would have been yeah, calling everybody that I afterwards. knew. I would have been calling everybody I knew up there and be like, hey, get me in touch with my husband. Like, what's going on with my husband? I would have been exactly. freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and to be fair, Matt Hardy was the WWE CW champion, which didn't mean a whole lot. So <laughs> true. He's still extreme. Oh my gosh. He is very extreme. Yeah, those TLC matches, nuts, man. He's always done crazy stuff. Leg drops off the top of the cage, but he's he's got to stop that now. He's winding down his career. He doesn't need to make it shorter than it already is. Oh, yeah. uh, also being live, I mean, there were other setups like you were talking about on the mm-hmm. top of the building, but there was mm-hmm. like a table kind of near us like on the floor yeah um, so we they were definitely they were travel around and yeah they absolutely stuff. set up other spots yeah that we didn't yeah. get to see oh yeah so the ending was yeah. definitely rushed <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 so that's okay all right ladies and germs we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back and we will tell you about the second half of aew all out this is the wave maker kyle boone and this is shiloh and, and you're, you're listening, listening to wrestle live radio because you're smart and cool and we're back. Thanks for hanging out with us, ladies and gentle germs. Let's move on to part two of our all-out review and talk about Hikaru Shida versus Thunder Rosa. And, oh boy, this was a lot of fun. But the problem is, we had thought that we might have just witnessed a man dying, a man that we have loved for 20 years. So that kind of, t- the rest of the show just kind of felt... We... It took the steam out of us. I, yeah. I will say that if the if the audience watching from home felt like the the crowd died a little bit, I will concede that yes, things changed. Yeah. After yeah. that, it definitely yeah. changed the energy of the show. Yeah, it yeah. did. Uh, it didn't change the fact that this match is freaking awesome, though. Uh, and I believe that this and the rest of the matches were probably given a bit more time to compensate for the probably fifteen minutes or so that we lost with uh, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. And, uh, yeah, this match was freaking awesome. My favorite spot was Hikaru Shida 
setting up the chair on the outside where she's going to jump off of it. And her and Thunder Rosa are both running to it. And Rosa gets to it first and jumps off the chair and smashes Sheeta in the face. This whole match was amazing. Uh, and I actually haven't gone back and watched this one yet. We've watched uh, we've watched some of the pay-per-view back, but uh, definitely going to go back and watch this one. It was terrific. Yeah, it's one of the few I haven't watched back either as well. Uh, I do remember it was a very good technical match. It did go a little long. I know they're trying to compensate most likely. Uh, I think this one and the Jericho match probably went a little long. But uh, it was it was a very, very technically sound match. It did definitely suffer from the energy loss from the Matt Hardy match, though. Yeah, it's a hard thing to follow. Yeah, it really is. Very difficult. Uh, Kip Sabin and Kip Sabin, sorry, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford are backstage, and they have an announcement. And Penelope Ford shows her ring and says, "We're getting married." And Kip Sabian says, "Yeah, this won't be just any wedding. Just in this wedding, we're going all out." <laughs> hashtag, yeah. hashtag WWE. Uh, and they said, Kip Sabian said, before the wedding comes a bachelor party, and this Wednesday on Dynamite, I'm going to tell you who will be my best man. But until then, make sure to check out my Twitch channel. And then <laughs> it's and then up on the screen, it said, this message sponsored by All Elite Wrestling. Hashtag not WWE. Yes. <laughs> and everyone got a big kick out of it. It was hilarious. It's great. Yeah, it was it was a great little spot. Uh, not sure how I feel about the whole wedding storyline. Uh, not not loving that it's wedding storyline. Bobby and Lana. So yeah. I've heard murmurings. So I don't care. He said he's going <laughs> to announce his best friend. He said it's going to be somebody very handsome. There's murmurings that it's going to be uh, Rusev, now known as Miro, handsome yeah. Miro. Ooh. I think there's a zero percent chance of that happening. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think Miro wants to come back into wrestling and be worked into another wedding angle. Yeah. yeah. Also, Wouldn't that be AE, something? If AEW had gotten him, he would have been in the Battle Royale. Yeah. Yeah, I, agree. I was ready for that, to be honest. But I love Evan Bourne, so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, we're going into 4v4 now. And, Mike, I'm going to let you tell me what you think of it because I know you don't use like these big eight-man tags. Uh, it was the Dark Order, the A-Team. Bro- oh, I'm sorry. We all picked Tikar Ishida, right? We did. Yeah. Uh, so, the Dark Order, the A-team of the Dark Order, Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Uno and Grayson versus the Natural Nightmares, Matt Cardona, and Scorpio Sky. Who picked two here? Uh, Dark Order, Dark Order, Dark Order, Dark Order. We all picked the Dark Order. Well, that's just terrible, isn't it? We suck. And we all lost. Well, that just and means... as, as I was watching this match, I turned to Carol and I'm like, I think the Nightmare family is going to win this match. <laughs> You don't yes, get a point I, for it, though. Yeah, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. as I was watching, I was like, wait, I changed my mind. Can I change my mind? <laughs> I didn't think about who all was in it. I just thought Doc Order would probably get, get put over in the match. Yeah. But... Uh, there were some cool spots in this match. First of all, Dustin was wearing blue, which is really interesting. Uh, he, was doing, he did the whole red face paint thing with half his face, but instead he did it as blue. All his gear was blue. Uh, and it was cool. He's got a shirt now that uh, has the blue face paint. There was a spot in this match where Anna Jay came out and attacked... Uh, I'm trying to remember who she, who she got in the ring. Was it was it QT Marshall? I think it was QT Marshall. Yeah, and she tried to attack him, but uh, Brandy stopped her. She tackled her and drug her out of the ring. Uh, and then 
Uh, she went over the Dark Order's corner. Uh, and Dustin Rhodes got the pin here. And he will now face Brody Lee for the TNT title this Wednesday on Dynamite. Yeah. And the story to end this match was Brody Lee, he had it. He yes. He had it, right? And he did what we yep. thought he was going to do. He tagged in Colt and he gave him the pin. He looked down and he said, I gave it to you. Here you go. Yep. Count him. Pin him. Get the three count. And Brody Lee kind of jumps down and starts walking away because he knows he's got it. And then Colt doesn't pin him. Colt goes for his splash from the top rope. And guess what? It gets reversed. Or I guess he rolled away and he just splashed nothing. And because of that, Dustin Rhodes got the pin on Colt. Brody Lee goes crazy. He starts saying, I gave it to you. I gave it to you. What did you do? Yep. And it was great. Uh, the entire Dark Order kind of circled around Colt like they're sharks and he's chum in the water. And I thought they were just about to obliterate him. Yep. And they didn't. They uh, they kind of just kind of yelled at him, walked away. But Uno didn't. Uno waited in the ring, and he escorted Colt out with his arm around his shoulder. So very nice of Uno. Uh, are they teasing, teasing maybe a face turn from Uno? He does appear to be the kindest out of all the Dark Order. Yeah. So we will... Uh, We'll see where that goes. But I think he's probably just the one trying to hold the group together. Um, but yeah, it, it, this was actually a pretty good match. It wasn't too hectic. Even watching it live with no commentary, I was able to follow it. So it wasn't too crazy. Uh, everybody got some really good stuff in. QT Marshall was very impressive. Uh, Scorpio Sky was great as always. Matt Cardona, I thought, got a couple really good spots in. But yeah, and it was it was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, solid. So, let me ask you ladies something. Let's talk about the Anna Jay thing very briefly. I don't want to get too big into it. Um, there was a spot in this match where JR, and Mike, you tell me if I'm not remembering the exact line, he said something to the effect of, did Anna Jay just have a wardrobe malfunction, or do I am I just wishful thinking? Yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Gross. She was being carried away mm. by, uh, I think, Stu Grayson. Yeah. yeah. They broke up the fight. Very inappropriate thing to say about one of your coworkers, or anybody, yeah. for that matter. Mm. So what What did you girls think of it? Well, it was just hearsay, <laughs> because I didn't actually hear it live on... Correct. On, uh, yeah, we didn't have commentary, but he did uh, say it. I, I listened yep. to it. It okay. was there. Okay, okay. So, um, I, I don't remember who I was talking to about it, but I was just thinking that's kind of gross because I'm pretty sure she's like my age. Yeah. Um. She's like one of the youngest wrestlers on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, 24. I'll be 24 this month. Yeah. For reference. So I just think that that was gross. It's kind of like my grandpa saying something like that about one of my friends. Like I just. Right. Yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable, and even if it was somebody younger, like you just you don't say stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's not just the age thing; it's also he has a seniority in the company thing. Yeah. I mean, if a a general manager had said that about a new recruit, that it's it's not cool. Yeah, and also we didn't point out Sammy's wardrobe malfunction, right? And he certainly had one, so <laughs> right. Uh, 
He Which and uh, 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 who else? FDR later in the show, yeah. 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 So I'm just saying, um, you know, equality. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to call it, call it equal. Um, yeah, she I didn't find have it... a wardrobe malfunction, by the way. No, she didn't. Yeah. I find it um, cringy. Yeah. I don't like to use that word, overuse the word, but this is a good opportunity. Yeah. So. It's also worth mentioning he, air quotes, apologized on Twitter. He basically really, apologized though. that everyone got offended. So, oh, really? I felt like it was like in the middle of the show too. He was like, uh, he said something about, uh, he said, I want to apologize about my statements earlier. It was a bad attempt at humor, uh, but lighten up. And then he had like yeah. a little tongue emoji. Oh, well, so that's like, not, that's not an apology, but lighten up. Yeah, that's know? not an apology. It is a little weird coming from JR because back in the Attitude Era, JR and the King were out there and JR was the happily married man who adored his wife. And uh, the king was the thirsty, sycophant old man. Mm-hmm. He was the unhappily so it, married man. Yes, the <laughs> unhappily married man. So uh, it is it is a little weird seeing JR like this. But anyway, I was just curious what y'all thought about it. Yeah, I didn't care for it. So, uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus FTR. This is the match that we were all waiting for. This This was the match of the card, I would say. The one that sold the pay-per-views. Who picked two here, honey? Uh, you all picked FTR, and I picked Adam Page. Okay. Not Kenny Omega. Just Adam, <laughs> just Page. Adam Page. He was going <laughs> to keep it, carry it by itself. <laughs> uh, and he almost did, but not quite enough. This match was quite long. Um, it did not live up to expectations, in my opinion. With that said, that does not mean the match was not good. The match was very good, but I expected it to be superb. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think it was. Uh, and again, I would say this it's is, an A minus match, and we expect yeah. an A plus. Yeah, I think that's fair. So very good. There was a one spot where Hangman Page did an exploder to uh, Cash Wheeler off the top rope. That was freaking amazing. There were multiple spots in here where Hangman Page was trying to be a good friend, and Kenny Omega was a dork. Uh, and the reality is, I think that's what they're going for, which is very different than what I believe they were going for earlier in the year before COVID happened. And they had to extend this very long, very well-written storyline. Yeah. Uh, the ending of the match was Hangman Page went for the buckshot lariat on Cash as Kenny was holding him. Uh, they both ducked. And uh, Hangman caught Cash, grabbed him. Kenny goes to the V-trigger and nails Hangman right in the face. He gets hit in the back of the knee by Cash. Uh, and Kenny just can't do anything for the rest of the match. He is just out. Uh, and a few minutes later, they get two spike pile drivers, FTR does, on Hangman Page. And FTR, with Tully Blanchard, walks away as your new AEW Tag Team Champions. Boo! Boo! The four of us, I was <laughs> clapping and cheering. And the three I don't even know your names. Up. You suck. <laughs> Uh, and Kenny and Hangman are absolutely incredible. Don't get me wrong. I, I love both of them very much. Uh, but it is time to put the tag titles on a tag team. Uh, so, yes, I, I'm um, all for they, this. Uh, they uh, are a tag team, so chill out I'm pretty that. sure Kenny Omega's made it pretty clear that they're just two singles guys, even though Hangman wants them to be a tag team. So They've tagged before. So Yeah, yeah they're definitely not a tag team. <laughs> so, yeah, but it was it, this match was very solid. Uh, more than solid. It was good. Uh, I might even say it's great. But it was not superb. 
Um, yeah, it so, had a lot of hype to live up to with the Young Bucks match. From yeah, Revolution. and it was it was unfair. We said in the preview show that they it, it wasn't going to live up to that, and it didn't. Uh, but it was very good. It just wasn't outstanding. What what did y'all think of it, ladies? Riley? All right. So here's one of the <laughs> matches I was super looking forward to. And after all these debacles earlier in the night... Is that the correct use of the term? <laughs> After yeah. watching two mats almost die? Right. Yeah. Um, I was kind of just there watching it. And and I thought, okay, because in the pre-show, you guys heard me talk about how emotional I would be and all that. And I felt nothing during this match. Yeah. And I felt really bad that I didn't feel anything at all because here are, like, Okay, so Adam Page and Kenny Omega. First of all, Kenny Omega is my favorite. And I love the Elite. And all this is happening. It was good storytelling, but to me, like, FTR is good, but they were kind of boring, honestly. And I don't know if it's just because of the mood that I was in. It's their gimmick. Yeah. Their gimmick is their old school. So they're very good, but they're very different. I'm going to say that old school to me isn't necessarily boring because I've watched, like, like, whenever, I don't know if this was old school, but when MJF and uh, Jungle Boy had that match, wasn't that, like, old school? Uh, yeah, it's chain wrestling. I, I guess you could say that. You could argue so that. So, that was really good, and it wasn't boring at all. You like Sean Spears. His style is very old school. Yeah, and I yes. love Sean Spears. But this was just kind of, like, lackluster. And okay. I... Was it because Hangman did not have on panties? No, that was definitely not it. Um, I liked his pants, by the way. He looked yeah, his like pants a cowboy. were awesome. Cool. His pants were awesome. Um, I really enjoyed the part. Okay, so you said it was a stockpile driver? Uh, a spike. Yes, yeah, spike. Spike pile driver? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the first one that they hit, they pinned Hangman, and Hangman gets out. He kicks out by reaching for Kenny Omega's hand. Right. Which was really like that was sad because i was like oh my gosh hangman like you're reaching for your friend's hand and he's not like he's just there he can't do anything for you then they hit another one and then they pin him for the three and that was pretty sad and then at the end after everything's said and done are you going to talk about this after uh you're welcome to go ahead okay so kenny goes to the what do you call the gate thingies and gets, yeah, the barricades, and then grabs this, like, what looks like a a TV TV tray, and and pulls off this AEW, like, banner thing, he, like, rips it off, and he acts like he's going to beat Hangman with it, and he doesn't, Um, and I don't know if this happened before or after, but Hangman walks up to Kenny, oh, it's before, yeah, Kenny uh, is standing there, and Hangman walks up to Kenny to kind of, I guess, lean against him, and then yeah. Kenny moves out of the way, and Hangman just collapses on the on the mat. He Ric like, Flair face plants on the mat. Yeah. yeah, and it is the saddest thing. And to me, like, I felt emotion, but I think that I really want to see Hangman not as um, weak looking. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping that he's depressed though. Just character. Yeah, I know he's depressed, but I know it's part of the storyline, but hopefully he comes out of this, like, really strong. I think they're going to rebuild him. Yeah, I think that they're going to do that. So, 
I mean, the match was just okay, and I really wanted it to be more than that, but, like, the mood was set for me going into the match, and um, so, yeah. It's also worth mentioning when FTR left, they left some beers in the ring for Hangman, which I didn't catch when we watched live. Yeah. Um, but I did I did notice that Kenny threw one of the beers and exploded, and I was like, where did that beer come from? Yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, FTR left him three, like, un- unbranded beers in the middle of the ring. Yeah, it literally um, just said beer. Which I feel was a slight against Hangman, not yeah. a, a an extension of a hand or anything. So, yeah, I, I felt really bad for Hangman at the end of this match, which I knew I would. Um, I didn't entirely understand Kenny's uh, decision and his yeah. emotions that he had going on. Yeah. Uh, I felt like they could have explained that better. But I feel like he was originally going for a chair. And he couldn't find one, and maybe he would have like because... pounded a chair around the ring to show his anger a little bit more. But he right. went from like he screwed up and he hit Kent, uh, Hangman. Yeah, Hangman took the pin, but he kicked out of a spike pile driver after being V triggered. Right. He, 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 his his loss was it was not just Hangman's fault; it was both of their faults. Correct. And and it seems like maybe Kenny doesn't want to admit that. I don't know, but he just kind of uh, he just. Turned his back on Hangman, and, and, and they had a, a little segment afterwards, and he's just angry, and he said it's time for him to clean up, yep. and uh, which is very super villain of him, uh, and, and, and start over, and he's, he's wanting the Bucks to come with him, and they, they weren't even sure if they wanted to do that. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like his intentions were entirely clear. I don't think he did a better job with that. It would have made more sense if he would have just went crazy on FTR. Yeah. Like, that's what I was thinking was going to happen. I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to turn into cleaner right now and he's going to go absolutely crazy on FTR. Because FTR kind of lingered in the ring a bit. Yeah. Which I guess is whenever he, they were putting the beer I would have loved if you hit Tilly Blanchard with the chair. Yeah, like why didn't he do something <laughs> like that? Why would he turn against Hangman after all that they've been through together? Just that, that also was lackluster. I was like, what in the world? And I love Kenny. And like, I really would like to see, I thought I was going to see him turn into the cleaner that night, but he did not. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. B-dubs? Girl. Oh, I'm, I'm just sad for Hangman. He has no friends now. Like the Bucks are jerks and Kenny's evil and like, he just doesn't have any friends. So I'm just sad. Yeah. <sighs> And with good reason. He should be sad. That's right. Because he has no. He's very. He is very sad. He is sad. Uh, it makes me wonder who is gonna. Who is going to extend the olive branch to Hangman Page? Uh, because it won't but be the Dark Order. Who can he trust now? Uh, I'd love to see it come from John Moxley. I think mean, that'd be really cool. Ooh, that would be very yeah. cool. Good. But see, John Moxley is independent, right? Like that is correct. Because not like start of... a faction, but just be like. Chin up, buddy, and then walk off. I just think that would be cool. <laughs> just yeah. in that's, passing, that's be all like, we need. All right, dude, stop being yeah. depressed. It'd be a very John Moxley thing to do. Yeah, right? he did give us some good dad advice um, after the show. After the show, so yeah. he'd be the sort to do that. He'd be like, "Hey, Hangman, don't forget, break down your cardboard." <laughs> just like you just like chuck him on the shoulder and then walk away. Oh my gosh! Chin up, kid. Yeah, uh, we had Chris Jericho backstage with Alex Marvez. Uh, it was pretty good he jericho had a couple strange lines that were that were good because it was jericho delivering them uh he said that this was all an experiment to see if orange cassidy could be a main eventer and he has proven that he can be uh it was a little strange but fine it's fine uh they set up the mimosa vat 
here. Two vats. Mm-hmm. They had two <laughs> pools of mimosa with like a table and some stuff on the table. Mm-hmm. It's like a pitcher with ice. Uh, Jericho versus Cassidy. B-dubs, you want to tell me about it? What did uh, you think of it? Um, well, I'm going to burst everybody's bubble and tell you I'm sorry, but that wasn't mimosa. Because if there was anything sweet uh-huh. left out for three hours in the heat in Florida, yeah, it would have been full of bugs. All yes. kinds of bugs. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, guys. But, it's very uh, likely colored water. Yeah. But again, suspension of disbelief. It was cool. Yeah. I liked this match. I liked all of the... <laughs> legitimate spots where we were afraid Jericho was going to fall in too early. By mistake, um, yeah. Because he started teetering on the edge and we're like, oh man, we'll spoil the whole match. Um, I think... No, I think it was fun. I was a little disappointed by the ending. I'm I'm not good at the play-by-play of running through the whole match, so I skipped to the end. Um, I think we were expecting, like, flailing and screaming, Cassidy! And we just sort of got, like, you know, exhausted... Uh, Jericho relaxing in his mimosa jacuzzi. Um, <laughs> but that was okay, too. So, Yeah, Jericho actually released, because someone mentioned that they wanted to see him yelling and screaming, and he said, well, he said, I wanted to show that it's over, and I had come to the realization of my loss. Mm. He said, so I was trying to sell something different than screaming, Cassidy! Like he had already done. Right, which would continue. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. Um, there were a couple spots where I legitimately thought they were going to fall in. You're correct, especially Jericho. Uh, but it was, I thought the match was good. It may have gone a little bit long, but I enjoyed it. Did you like it, Riley? Yeah, I did enjoy it. Um, I'm glad that that feud is over. Yeah, same. Um, and whenever he went in the vat of, uh, colored orange water. Yes. um, (laughs) I was very relieved and I was also like Carol in that I thought he was going to flail about a lot more. But I, I think get we all it. did. I mean, he took, you know, two Superman punches. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I really liked it. It was a nice breakup between the matches, too. And I think that after he came out and we sang Judas yes, all that, I, I feel like that lightened up the mood a lot. Even though he's a heel... And we're supposed to boo heels, and he's supposed to make us angry. <laughs> it lined up the mood, and um, I think I was able to enjoy the rest of the night after that. Yeah, a little bit better. And yeah. as Micah pointed out, and I'm sorry if I'm still on your thunder, Micah. Hmm. As Micah pointed out, Jericho did a really good job playing the crowd when a lot of other people didn't really play to the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I, I was saying, Matthew, like you know, you didn't have very many. People like Randy Orton that that try to get the energy out of the crowd. I didn't see hardly anybody trying to get the crowd riled up at any point other than Jericho and then later MJF. Yeah. Uh, you didn't really – I guess Marco in the, Marco the Jurassic Express match. Yeah. Um, he was beating on the mat. He was going crazy. Uh, you could even hear him up in the, the upper registers where we were. But uh, you didn't have a whole lot of people working in the crowd, which is surprising since this is the first pay-per-view with the crowd in quite some time. Uh, maybe it's they've forgotten how to do it. You know, maybe out of practice. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's been so long yeah. since they've had a crowd, they don't really know how to act. Um, but Jericho, of course, has been doing this for so long; it's like second nature to him. Right. Uh, he was working the crowd. It, it, it originally, I think, this match was supposed to be after the Matt Hardy uh, incident because yeah, they were moving the pools. They were moving the vats over to the, the 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 ring, and then all of a sudden they they switched and they were they. 
they moved all the barricades already to move the bats, and they started moving the bats. And then I guess somebody got weird, like, no, we're moving it. Yeah. Uh, I think putting this match directly after the Matt Hardy incident would have been a good decision. Uh, yeah. It definitely lightened the mood having Jericho there. And Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy. And also the, having that legend status of Jericho being there, I feel like is kind of a warmth that would kind of lighten the mood to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and definitely the entrance music. But uh, they decided to move it to where it did, and that's it's fine. It was still it was it was also a good buffer between the emotional uh, ending with Hangman. So either way, it worked. Uh, Lackluster emotional ending. Yeah, I guess I was still sad for Hangman. I mean, everybody was super sad for Hangman, of course. No, there yeah. was a couple people that weren't. There were some very drunk people in our section. Oh, <laughs> yes, there weren't. Yes. Yeah, we won't even get into that. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match, though. I think it was definitely the best of their trilogy of matches. Uh, I thought the most Mayhem match would be ridiculous, and it was ridiculous in interest of fairness, but it was enjoyable. And uh, Orange Cassidy got that cool spot when he splashed the water in Jericho's face with the help of Yes. Yeah, yeah. Aub- Aubrey did set it up for him, didn't she? And that was yeah. not caught on camera, but we got to see it live. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's fun the little things you get to see live that you don't get to see when you're not there. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it so. was a, it was a very very good experience being there, even with yeah. everything that happened. Who picked who, honey? Uh, we all picked uh, Orange Cassidy except for Riley. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Loser. Um. <laughs> well, you all know my reasoning for that if you watch the pre-show. <laughs> Moxley and versus MJF. Um. This is a very interesting match. So the paradigm shift was banned. Oh wait, wait, wait! Should we start with uh, his entrance? Mox- oh yes, yeah. Yes, would you That's like? That's right. To? Let's do it. Why don't you tell us about it, Riley? Okay. So I was all looking around for Moxie whenever his music hit. And it was on forever. Forever. Yeah. It was. It was like he was wondering where he's going to come out of. Like he last minute decided or something. Yeah. Anyways. So I was looking, and then a bunch of people kind of, like, went crazy over to the left of us. And I was like, okay, so he's coming down that entrance. And I was just waiting forever for him to get up there. And then there was this one guy that started walking down the steps to um, the lower level. Which they say not to do. They say to stay in your seat. Yeah, because, I mean, COVID, right? Am I right, guys? Right. Okay, so he's just, he's, it's like he's anticipating Moxley coming out. And once he sees Mox, he darts for him. Yes. As yeah. if he was about to tackle Mox. And then this other guy in a white shirt, who's not a security guard, by the way, according to one of the people who um, know him, uh, just tackled the, the dude on the ground. And it was so, it was so weird. Like, I would have never expected to see that. I don't understand why people assume that that's okay. As, like, first of all, it's not okay to do it whenever you have a packed out crowd and you're able to touch Mox with your hands. Right. Like, normal. And then you're going to try to do it now whenever it's only 15% capacity. We have to wear masks and we have to social distance. Social exactly. Distance. Yeah. On. I think he should have came in in his 4GT and he wouldn't have that problem. But um. yeah, he kind, of, <laughs> he kind of jumped back like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Mark was like, whoa. He like pointed at him and was like, look at this look at this guy. What an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And then we saw him like get arrested and carried out. He yeah. definitely got he definitely got escorted out. 
Yeah, he's not ever allowed back in the Jaguars or Daly's place. And again. then the only I thing I can think of was, how is this show going to get weirder? Like, I, don't know. I mean, it's already been so weird the last couple of things that have happened. And then this guy is going to do this? Like, what in the world? Okay, go ahead with your yeah. And all I can think is, what do you think is going to happen when right. you get to him? Right. <laughs> What what are you gonna do? Is he just gonna you accept doing? you with open arms? He's also yeah. like 140 pounds. It's freaking Moxley. Like I would not know. This is a very bad choice. Yeah, of all the wrestlers to choose. Yes. Right. He's not the one. This, no. this is not Marco Stunt. No. no. This is not okay. No yeah. shade on Marco Stunt, but I mean Yeah. yeah. Made no sense. No sense. Uh, so this match started out exceptionally slow. Uh and honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, six, eight minutes in the match, I'm like this is boring. And I love Mox and I love MGF. And I'm curious to see what you guys thought. Because seriously, for the first six, eight minutes, I'm like, what is what is happening? Uh, then MGF got busted open. And that made the drama in the match ten times better. And it had already started to kind of accelerate and move forward. But I'm telling you, man, it's true. Whenever someone gets busted open, the old school wrestlers have it right. It makes the drama that much more serious. It makes everything feel more real. And he just, blood is pouring down this poor man's face. Uh, John Moxley decides to bite him, get blood on his face. He looks like a vampire. Blood in his mouth is gross. Yeah, it was disgusting. Uh, but it's Mox, so I'm assuming he probably does not care. Uh, and Mox wins because Wardlow... Gets up on the apron, tosses MJF the ring. MJF grabs the ring, but as he does it, he looks up as Mox is standing over him. He picks up MJF, kicks him in the gut, paradigm shifts because the referee is tending to Wardlow. And even though the paradigm shift is banned, doesn't matter. He gets the one, two, three, and he's your champion. Now, MJF has been yelling at Wardlow on Twitter, saying that he failed him. He has been saying that Moxley has cheated. So I'm going to assume we will probably get some sort of rematch eventually, if not immediately. Uh, but at this point, your world champion is still John Moxley. We all picked Mox here, I believe. We did. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure if they will have a rematch. Yeah. Reason being, I'm not sure they want MJF to lose twice in a row. Right. And he's not going to beat Moxley the second time. It's not going to happen. Uh, I could see them... If they did do it, it would end up with Wardlow interfering or something. Yeah. Uh, and actually getting a DQ. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think a rematch would be a great idea at this juncture. I think maybe they should uh, work on the MJF-Wardlow split. Maybe work on yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know that I thought this match was boring at any point. Um, But I, I, I thought it was... Let's see. Looking back... It, I don't know. It wasn't a great match in the first half. I agree. It wasn't boring. It was just perfectly average. Not pay-per-view main event level uh, by any means. But the second half, it really did pick up. I mean, everybody right. loves blood, right? The blood's great. Right. I don't love it when he bites the blood and it gets in his mouth. That's kind of gross. Oh. But uh, I, I'm sure that was Riley and Carol's favorite part. Right. But, yeah, I, I thought the match was was good and i really enjoyed the ending i thought that was hilarious and it wasn't just warlow threw the ring at mjf he threw it mjf missed the catch and it was on the mat and he was he was like velma looking for her glasses 
<laughs> he was like feeling around the mat and he looked up and MJF's or and, and John Moxley is there in front of him, like smiles at him and, and paradigm shifts and it was great. Yeah. I, I loved the ending. Perfect yeah. way to do the ending as well. But yeah, uh, end- yeah, it was good. Yeah, the ending was great. And I mean, I like vampires. So <laughs> I guess if that's the way we're going, I can come around. I don't care for <laughs> color, but I'm not not going to knock it. Is it Moxley channeling his inner Edward Cullen? Oh, not those kind of vampires. <laughs> you not want sparkle. Not the sparkly vampires. I don't think Mox is a sparkly kind of guy. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> uh, so after the show was over, Mox got a promo. He thanked all the fans for coming. Yeah. Uh, he gave us some dad tips. Mm-hmm. Like, Cut down your cardboard. Break down your cardboard. I, I don't know. It was weird, but fine. It was Mox. He was good. He did a great job. Uh, they started tearing down the ring, and we left. The show was solid. Uh, I think we're going to be a little biased as we were here. A lot of people are saying this is the worst AEW pay-per-view, and you know what? They are probably right. But when you compare it to all the others, all all of the AEW pay-per-views have really knocked it out of the park. Uh, and I do think that it probably took a lot of the wind out of the sails for a lot of people because of the Matt Hardy thing and people got so up in arms about that. So I'm, I'm curious to know, uh, and Riley, I'll let you go last per the usual. Micah, what would you grade AEW all out? I don't think I'm biased in, in a good way at all for the fact of being there. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the experience and I'll definitely do it again, but it is by far the worst AEW pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, at least of the ones I've watched. The first one I yeah. watched was all out, which was fantastic the original all out uh yeah. was that was what got me back into wrestling so that holds a special place for me and then freaking full gear which is one of the best pay-per-views of all time in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, you had kenny and not john moxley you had cody and jericho two of my favorite yep. matches in aew incredible uh, you had revolution which had the best tag team match of all time yeah uh, so you've got some some star studded pay-per-views it's a shame the one that we went to uh <laughs> wasn't the best but it's still it was still good yeah, uh, I think if you take away the Matt Hardy incident, this is probably a B plus pay per view, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, but with the Matt Hardy incident, I think I'd probably give it a B minus in the scale of AEW pay per views. Wow, a Revolution is... was an A plus for me. Yes, Full Gear was probably an A or an A plus. Original yeah. All Out maybe an A minus. So I think this is going to be a B minus. I can't say anything about Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen. I did not watch those. They were before yeah. I started watching, and I don't like going back and watching four hours worth of pay per view. Um, but yeah, I think I might old. be the lowest of anybody and say B minus. Okay. Uh, B dubs. I really enjoyed Jurassic Express and Young Bucks, and I really enjoyed the Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. But. Um, those were like my two favorite and the rest of it was good or not great. So, um, I'd say the rest of it was good. The Brit and swole was, was not good. It was miserable. And then the Matt Hardy thing kind of brought it all down a letter grade. So I think the best I can do, uh, I don't like giving low grades. Be honest though. I'm going to go with a C plus. Wow. The Matt Hardy wow. thing, the handling of the Matt Hardy situation really, really brought it down for me. Okay. I'm going to give the show a B. I thought the show was good. Um, I actually had forgotten about Big Swan per Baker until you mentioned it because I kind of also needles. So yeah. that's the C plus. I just, <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was the worst. What are the what are the pre-recorded matches called? Um, cinematic. cinematic. Yeah. That was the worst cinematic match yet. Period. Not even close. Not even close. It was 
exceptionally, miserably poor. It was really, really bad. That match gets an F-. minus. Um, but as a whole, I think the pay-per-view gets a B. Uh, the Matt Hardy thing, it sucks, but I've seen that kind of stuff before where people get injured and they, and they keep wrestling. It's not uncommon. I've been watching wrestling for, you know, two and a half decades now, so I, I, it doesn't really knock it down for me, um, even though I do think it was a poor decision. Uh, Young Bucks Jurassic Express were out of this world good, uh, and, and a lot of the rest of the, the matches were good. Thunder Rosa and Sheeta was really, really good. Uh, MGF and Mox, the second half of that match was terrific. FTR and Hangman Kenny Omega, you can't knock it because it didn't lay, you know, it didn't uh, rise up to expectations because it was still exceptional. It was still really, really good. So I think a B is a fair grade for this. Um, hopefully the next pay-per-view that we go to will be better. Yeah. Riley? Oh, man. I am going to also give it a B. Okay. And I usually grade most AEW shows A's or A pluses because I love them so much. Um, but this just, I mean, even talking about it and reviewing it, like it just leaves this um, like sour feeling. I don't know. I, and also about the tag match too, you said that it didn't live up to expectations for a lot of people. But, like, I was expecting it to be good, but not, like, outstanding and perfect like the uh, right. Young Bucks, Hangman, and Kenny match. I was just expecting it to be a really good storytelling match, and it was just going to be just great. And then it wasn't, and I was like, okay. I mean, it was really good. I think I just had a really bad taste in my mouth from other happenings. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it a B. The cinematic thing was trash and I love both of those wrestlers, Big Swole and um, Britt Baker, but that was trash. And, um, yeah, I just, the whole thing, I'm, I'm sad that I'm giving it a B because I really wanted it to be an A plus show. Um, but yeah, it's a B and I'm hoping that we can go to the next pay-per-view and give that one an A plus. Yeah, I also think it's worth mentioning, we said this is the worst AEW pay-per-view. There was not a single bad booking decision, in my opinion, on the show. Mm. I mean, unless you consider the fact they had the Britt Baker and Big Swole match a bad booking decision. Right. As far as like the, the outcomes of the match, there were no surprise roll-ups. There were no right. disqualifications. Uh, I'm sure there was a surprise roll-up. Wasn't Dustin, didn't he uh, win with a surprise roll-up on Colt? Was it a surprise roll-up? Pretty sure. It doesn't matter. As long as you don't do a bazillion of them a show, it's fine. I mean, you know? I don't care about surprise roll-ups. Y'all are the, always the ones that talk because about Because they do like roll-up. four a week in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't there. It wasn't a bad pay-per-view by any means. No. And yeah. if this were a WWE pay-per-view, by God, it'd be the best one they had in the last five years. <laughs> so, well, that's a slight exaggeration, but yeah, it, it would... This was better than... Most WWE pay-per-views of the last five years. That is fair to say. And they have a lot. Oh, just in case you guys didn't so know, so much I like more. Fourteen engaging. a year. Yeah. yeah. And again, yeah, I'm. I won't. Say and that. we all had a blast, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it was good. Looking forward to the next one. Hopefully, we could make it. Um, B Dubs, my sweet darling, whom I adore and love very much. Uh, I believe you were the person that came in last in our. Prediction show. Let's go. 
So I'm going to let you give me 30 seconds on why the next person to join the Dark Order is Mr. Cody Rhodes. And go. All right, Cody Rhodes has been so injured he doesn't even know who he is anymore so he comes he comes back to consciousness and he's like who am i what's going on and Brody lee appears like a savior at the foot of the bed all wreathed in white and he says cody join us and cody's like yeah whatever why not i don't know what's going on and then he does and that's what happens and now he's part of the dark order and that wasn't enough and i need three more seconds (laughs) Join the Dark Order. <laughs> I think that, that was, was just fine. Just fine. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 129 of Wrestle Life Radio. My name is Matt Sin. I'm here with my beautiful wife, my lovely sister-in-law, and my little brother, Micah. Say hi, Micah. No. Actually, you know what you should do? You should say bye, Micah. Bye, Micah. Bye, everyone else. <laughs> Please follow us all on Facebook and Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio and on Twitter at Russell Life Pod, you can follow me at Russell Life Matt on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow B Dubs on a couple things. Tell us about it. Facebook and Instagram. It's Carolson, all one word, and that's all I'll say because I was asked not to say anything else. Oh, not Facebook, YouTube's, <laughs> YouTube's, and Instagram. Uh, tell us about your the journal no, no. thing. You can find out about it on Instagram <laughs> and YouTube. <laughs> Fine, Riley. Instagram. Go ahead. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Riley Cheyenne, and that's R-I-L-E-Y-Y-S-H-Y-A-N-N-E. And then you can also follow me on Twitter at Rybugsen, R-I-B-U-G-S-E-N-N. Ladies and gentlemen, you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast, including whatever you're listening to us on right now. Make sure to tell your friends we absolutely appreciate you, and we hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day.